Hey everybody, this is Kim Blackwell and Louis Extravaganza and this is Work, Work, the podcast. Voices for the voices that go unheard. Okay guys, today we have a really special guest. It's like I don't even consider him a friend anymore. He's definitely my brother. I cherish him with all my heart. He is a major, major, major personality in Los Angeles, in West Hollywood. His name is Hector Kiki Extravaganza. I'll pause for the round of applause right here. I know you girls are going up right now, and you should be, because let me tell you, this man, this force of nature is everything to me. We even lived with each other at one point, and his rise to this fame culture is amazing he is a nightclub impresario he is a fashion stylist he is an all-around creative and he is my really really good friend my brother this is our conversation with hector kiki extravaganza we're super hyped let's talk <laughs> let's talk all about it Let all the tea Yes. Well, yeah, starting with you just got back from New York from the balls. Yes, the love ball and the latex ball. Those are big. And we won grand prize at the love ball. Yes, Ew. we did. And we won five categories at the latex ball. And so when you say we, we, of course, are talking about your house. House of extravaganza. Yes. yes. Now, you have a very interesting story because you are a West Coast ganza. Yes, he is. Not yes. from New York. And I don't think you became an extravaganza in New York. Did you become a... Here. Extra, you're living here, yes. So to, how did that all come uh, about? Louis and Eddie, extravaganza. Yes. Who, so, me? Oh. <laughs> yes. They're like, uh, you have extravaganza in your blood, honey. I was like, oh, okay. Well, I'm I mean, down. the first time I met Hector, you know, he was introduced to me and literally they were like, this is Louis extravaganza and he literally fell to the floor and fainted like oh my god i was like um hi it's nice to meet you don't act like it's the first time somebody <laughs> fell out when i met you don't act like it. girl i was just overwhelmed oh <laughs> well we love ourselves some hector but we want to start at the beginning huh yeah of course as kim mentioned you are a west coast human where did you grow up in california well, it started in Inglewood. So you were born in Inglewood? No, I was born in South America, Colombia. Oh, okay. In Cali, Cali. Oh, so they, uh, you know, they transferred you over the border. When I was two years old, I swam here. That's awesome. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I flew here on a plane. <laughs> okay, let's be careful because, you know, immigration is a hot button topic. It's a hot button topic. <laughs> in our society right now. Then, we do not uh, take it lightly, but go. I moved to... Miami first, and then we were there maybe a year. Then I came here and started school in Inglewood up until like sixth or seventh grade. And then we moved to the Valley, uh, Porter Ranch and Northridge, and that's pretty much where I grew up. So you grew up Porter Ranch, Northridge area. How was, how was that? It, it was a little residential. It was a little so suburbia. quiet. Yeah, it was too quiet for me. And how many, was it just you or do you have siblings? Okay, you and a sister. One sister and my mom. My dad left us, so it was just us three. 
wait a minute. He left you overnight. Just uh, I'm out. At 16 years old. I haven't spoken to him since I was 16. Wow. And what brought you guys here to America? Was My it? dad. Okay. He was a dentist. He was a dentist. Yeah. And then he became an entrepreneur and started buying uh, restaurants and buildings and all that kind of stuff. And so he, he left like, all that to us, but, you know, he just left. But do you know where he went and why? Oh, uh, he got a girl pregnant and the family insisted that he married her. Um, so he moved to Colombia, back to Colombia. And then, uh, from what I understand, he lives in Florida. So just started a whole new life. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Oh, see you later. Bye, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it was very shocking. But in a way, it was great. I mean, if you want to get personal, I was abused as a kid. Every day I was hit by my father. So when he left, it was sort of like, <gasps> God answered my prayers. That was It was a blessing in disguise. And, you know. And shocking at the same time because it's your dad. Yeah. Acceptance. I just wanted acceptance from him. But he knew, and I didn't know at the time that I was gay. So he knew, and my mom knew, but my mom was totally cool with it. But my dad was not, so that's why he hit me because he wanted to knock the gay out of me, I guess. But yeah, well, was that's he certainly a macho? Yeah, that's yeah, Latino macho, right? All that. Uh, he apparently didn't hit hard enough because he did not not he did not knock the gay out of you at all. I even <laughs> well, I became more gay. <laughs> <laughs> Take but, that. Right. But well, for that ying, there is a yang, which is your mother, who is, you know, an absolute angel. I mean, literally and figuratively right now, because she has passed away. But she was a big, big influence in your life. Yeah. I, that's how I discovered uh, what would I call it? Homosexualism, gayism. Um, because she had a lot of friends because she was in the uh, wig industry and uh, hair industry. So all her friends were gay. So when they would come over, I was like, oh, I'm like him. You know, I was like, now I started seeing more, you know, gay people. And I was like, oh, I think that's what I am. Because I didn't come out until I was 18 or 19. And I told my mom, I think I'm gay. She's like, oh, I know. <laughs> as long as you're happy, honey. Right. She's like, I got a whole th- little bevy of wigs. Yeah. little storehouse. And she made personal wigs. Like, she wasn't just in the wig business. She made custom human hair wigs for celebrities at, like, thousands of dollars each. I had uh, Liz Taylor and Frank Sinatra in my kitchen getting fitted. Really? Yeah, and I was like, I didn't know they wore wigs. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. Her last wig that she did before she passed um, was for Michelle Obama. Wow. Yeah, she's done everybody. Cher, she did Cher for years. Did you have? Do you have any of the wigs that she did? Or were they all? No. No. I gave them away to my friends that didn't have hair. That's amazing. You're about to make me cry. I love that. I know. I love that, too. I love the fact that she made wigs, I mean, for legends. I mean, so many. Um, Tom Jones, is it? Um, a lot of people from Vegas, too. Yes. So you said growing up, your parents knew you were gay, but you didn't know you were gay. So you're this gay kid in the Valley growing up in the Valley. What high school did you go to? Um, Cleveland. And then I got thrown out. And then I went to Chatsworth. How did, why did you get thrown out? (laughs) Right. Me me and Kim were like, wait, why you get thrown out? Because I called my teacher a bitch. Wow. Which she was. So I... You know, back, back then it was such a strong word. Today is everybody calling each other bitch. Yeah. Right? Well, listen, that's saucy Sagittarius, honey. Yes. You know. 
Big so up. yeah, she rattled my cage, and I was like, "Oh no, bitch!" <laughs> and then the whole class went, <gasps> and just gave more attention to it. And I was like, "Yeah, I said it." And so, go to the principal's office. I'll be right there. I was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> so, what was it like growing up for you? You know, as this kid in the valley, did you have friend? Did you feel like different? Yeah. Where you did. Yeah, and uh, the only friends I did have were lesbian friends. I didn't have no gay friends. Right. So, yeah. And were you a creative kid? What were you... Mm, dancing. I, I was a dancer my whole life up until I can't dance anymore. But, um, yeah, I was on American Bandstand Shut for up. years. I was on Soul Train. You were on American Bandstand? Yes. <laughs> How I, old were you, like... 18? Yeah, baby. A baby. And they would put me on those top pedestals on the levels because I used to hustle, dancing, you know, couple dancing. Yeah. So they would want a lot of twirling. And the girls that i bring, I'd tell them, wear big skirts, you know, so we could do that. So we'd be featured, honey. Mm-hmm. Yes. So how did you learn to hustle? Because of the Latin, uh, growing up as, a, you know, all the Latin parties, you salsa, you know, with the couple dancing. Yes. So that turned into... Bigger swings and bigger dips and yeah. So. Right. And then watching, of course, on TV and grabbing my sister and saying, come on, I got to do this. And then I started entering contests and going to the clubs, entering contests and winning $500 and then go shopping at Judy's. <laughs> <laughs> that was me and my sister. I mean, we would hustle. We do salsa dancing. We watch Dance Fever and we would do our own little version of, you know, hustling and yeah we did shows and entered contests and you know she doesn't dance anymore and I continued on my path but that just reminds me of me and my sister growing up as well mm-hmm. what made your switch because I know you do a lot of styling and fashion and stuff like that so up to this point you're dancing yep. feeling fabulous what made the switch to fashion in the 80s I was working at a store on Sunset Plaza called H. Lorenzo which is still there and I worked there for 10 years. So I got to know a lot of stylists that would come in and do pulls for music videos, movies, etc. Um, and one time I was, uh, this girl came from London. God, I can't remember her name. But she was the head stylist uh, doing uh, Janet Jackson, That's the Way Love Goes. And she's like, I need an assistant. And I was like, oh, I can do that. So that was my first um, video working on um, as a stylist. Uh, Janet Jackson's That's the Way Love Goes. And then that opened up a whole kind of worms. That's awesome. But you were working at H. Lorenzo before that. Did you always have just kind of a fashion set? You were always interested in fashion? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then during the latter part of uh, working at H. Lorenzo, doing the styling on the sides, uh, me and my girl, she was a buyer for the store, uh, Rona, Rona Gay. We would talk and we like, we need, because I would assist her in buying too. And she's like, we need something. I'm, we're missing something. So me and her started designing clothes. And that was uh, uh, under the table. Nobody knew. Right. And it was called Nude, Franco Gay. And then we started selling, buying the line for our store at H. Lorenzo. Okay. But not telling the, buy, the owner. So we would sell our collection there. And then other stores started asking, where can we get this? You know, so then we would introduce ourselves like, okay, you know, and that's how we started selling. And that lasted maybe seven years. So, oh, and the, the other part was that um, 
my boss found out because they did a whole editorial on me and Rona in Cosmopolitan. Uh, yeah, the cat's out of the bag. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> and he, he walked into the store me and Rona were working at that same day, I remember. And he walked in with the magazine in his hand and we were like, oh, shit. Oh, no. What did shit. he say? You're fired. Uh, oh, no, you're wow. kidding. Really? Yeah, he didn't want us to be successful. He wanted to keep us reined in, you know. So we were like, okay, we can live off our own now. Wow. And we started selling to Ball Harbor, Park Avenue, New York, Chicago, like all over, and travel and sell. Yeah. And Lewis was my um, <laughs> secretary. Yeah, I love it. Yes, he was. Well, you guys were in Intermix, too, I think, right? New York? Yeah. Was, yeah. Intermix. Intermix. Oh, yeah. my God. Can I tell you, first of all, y'all, yes, I've done it. You know, I've done it all. The, my life path has taken me to many a different place. And yeah, I used to work, you know, with Hector. Like I said, he's my brother. And, you know, if he's doing something, then I'm doing something at that time, right? Yes. And so because we're such a close-knit, you know, family friendship. This was a family friendship that we all have. So, of course... Our trip to Florida and Ball Harbor and Boca Raton was the, can I tell you that, we just lugging them clothes and selling them clothes to them girls. Oh, and then that's when another fainting spell. Uh, We were at the airport going to back to L.A. from Miami, and there was a cover of Rolling Stone with Madonna, Tina, uh, Tina Turner, and Courtney Love, and Courtney Love was wearing my dress. And I was like, no effing way. Then I fell on the floor and I was like, I did it. I got on the cover of a magazine. That's a ma- Yeah, and not just like any little magazine. Right. Yeah, it was a 30-year anniversary It's the issue. fucking Rolling Stone. It's yeah. the fucking cover of Rolling With Stone. With Madonna and Courtney. And, you know, they were having a little spat back then. So Amazing. Yeah. It's so, so now, are you doing drag and performing at this point? To, no, you have, no, 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 none of. I didn't start doing drag until um, I was assisting again Fergie's video, Fergielicious. Okay. And uh, somebody that was supposed to play Lee Bowery didn't show up. Just called in like right when we were shooting, and so nobody fit the outfit. Like I was looking for people to just fit this dress because we were going to cover the face, and because you know how he always did these yeah. things on his face. Mm-hmm. So of course, hi, it's me. I fit it. Okay. So now you're going to be in the video. So that's how it started. And then I got up in drag and I put like three layers of fishnet stockings on my face. So you can't recognize me. And I put my sunglasses on and a helmet, a motorcycle helmet. And they gave me two hula hoops and said, go out there. And I was like, okay. (laughs) And I'm like this with the hula hoops, swinging them around. And um, so then afterwards, uh, Fergie was like, oh my God, you were fucking amazing. Oh, sorry. Uh, You were effing amazing. And, you can uh, totally curse. This is a podcast. Fuck. Oh, well, I don't know. It's our podcast. Yeah, maybe you, you can say whatever. Maybe you the like. kids are gonna. Yeah, it's oh, okay. Okay, so then Fergie, <laughs> Fergie's like, you should do this more often. And I was like, really? I was like, okay. And I go, what should I call myself? She's like, Kiki, Kiki. So she's no, she's the one that named me Kiki. I had no idea Wait, how Fergie that named me Kiki. Name. That's- Came about because it's so perfect. Yes, and it then, really is. Yeah, yeah. So that's then, awesome. Isn't that fierce? I didn't yeah, even know fierce. that. I it was so Kiki that's where it all started. You're Kiki. And then um, that's what I thought. Yeah. 
uh, my friends in West Hollywood said, why don't you come and bring your, your Kiki over to the club? And that's how it all started. And one club led to another, and then now it's a full-time gig. So the drag, was it always doing drag in this persona as Kiki was the drag persona? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Which sort of evolved yeah, I don't, over time. But I don't consider myself. A lot of people put me there and say I'm a drag queen. I'm not. I feel like I'm a performance artist. I think right. so too. Well, just like, saying drag in terms of like. The, drag, I don't do makeup. I don't do hip pads. Exactly. I don't do fingernails. Yes. I just do a wig and a mask and a dress. Well, that's the thing about you, which I will say, which is so interesting. So I'm glad you brought that up because when I think of somebody who is truly an artist, you are the first person like that comes into my mind because it could be with a big, you could, it could be a whole wardrobe budget. You're going to turn it out or it could be on the beach in Puerto Rico and you got a seashell and like a piece of tape and you're going to like, you know, it's just comes out of your pore. So (laughs) this story as an example, we're Puerto Rico at our friend's birthday celebration. Oh, I live for this. Hector comes to the celebration first of all with this whole entire bag and I'm like what's in that bag one whole piece of luggage dedicated to this big crinoline skirt like this huge skirt then you do this performance in this full beat like dress wig everything which is the whole song just entails pretty much moaning and screaming there's no lyrics to the song (laughs) because I'm really bad at memorizing words (laughs) so that's the whole song (laughs) And then at the end, full drag, full, you know, be, jump in the pool at the finale. And that's what's great about you is you do things that are, they have a sense of humor. They're going to be irreverent. It's going to be different. It's not just the traditional idea of what drag or performance art is, mm-hmm. you know. And they're going to, and it's going to be memorable. Yes. Yeah. Because there's always a... Uh twist there's always a wow moment there's always a gag moment that you're Something. like oh my god yes I unexpected believe, yeah i can't believe this bitch just said yeah that. i love gagging people <laughs> i really do i get such pleasure so how did the evolution of we talked a little bit about earlier before we got on the mic about the evolution of kiki with the mask so then you started incorporating okay yes kind of character um, so then then i started getting the gigs and i was like Okay, and I was still working at stores, uh, you know, retail. I went to the Hollywood Toys and Costume, and I was like, okay, I got to find a, a fierce mask because I was tired of wearing fishnets and crazy things on my face and big sunglasses and just lipstick. I was like, no, I want to just do something that is just solidifies who Kiki is and people will know Kiki. So I bought a mask, and that was 2007, 2008, and that's when the Fergie video was out, I think. Yeah, that's when it all started. So through 2012... I was fabulous, Kiki this, Kiki that. But then the Purge movie came out. And the Purge movie kind of like gave everybody the sense that I'm scary because I'm wearing the mask and everybody kept calling me the Purge. And I'm like, <laughs> what is the Purge? So I saw the movie and then I realized, I was like, well, that's going to die out soon anyway. So I'm just going to keep the mask. Okay, but wait, before you keep on going, you have to tell the view, you know, the, our listeners what the mask is. Right now, you're saying the mask. What what did it look like? What did oh, it... it's a smiley face of a woman. I think it was like Hillary Clinton mask, or it looked like Hillary Clinton. Right. But what I did was I put sunglasses on, and I always wear sunglasses with the mask because I don't like to show my eyes. And um, yeah, and then I started screwing around with them, putting nail polishes, lipstick, 
and, you know, bedazzling them and, you know, doing that. And then, um, what drew you to the mask though? Like you're looking at a wall of masks, like, Oh, I need to put on a mask. Oh, because it was very happy. It was a happy face, more of a happy face. It wasn't a scary face. It was more a happy face. So it's a human face mask with that's, that's smiling. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. It's a perma grin (laughs) as a permanent permanent grin. And it's great for when I'm taking pictures with, with people at, you know, cause I don't, I just behind the mask going, <laughs> rolling, rolling eyes, your eyes, rolling eyes and not even smiling in, but the smile's always there. Right. So then, um, 2012, the movie came out and then they, they stopped selling the mask and I was like, my career's over. Oh my God. And, um, <clears throat> because the purge took a uh, licensing off the mask and was selling it for hundred dollars instead of the $13 that I was paying Right, because you you have to get it like on eBay. So I was or whatever. like, okay, let me find another mask, and I found this other one. Actually, Manila uh, helped me find that, and uh, she's like, here, this one's a good one, and it was more of a hard. It wasn't rubbery and bendable. It was like a hard mask, and I was like, okay, this worked, and then that's been my mask since 2012. So did you buy like 50 of them? Uh, more like 20. Oh, okay. But then now every six months I just order more on online. And um, when they get to my house, I start, you know, eyelashes, eyeliner, lipsticks, uh, rhinestones. I rhinestone the lips, you know, and I just get creative with them. And so are you performing as Kiki or you at this point, are you also doing clubs? You start. Are you throwing parties? No, I don't throw the parties. I go to the party. You go to the party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They 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 hire me to to entertain and be a visual eye candy to people you know when you go to clubs it's kind of like yes all you see is naked men and there's kiki now when did this start you started working with 2008 2008 yeah with blow was blow the first no uh metro mondays okay metro mondays and then uh mustache in downtown right those are my two go clubs which is still going on mustache Mondays. mustache just uh it's been about a year and i that's because of nacho passing away yeah yeah, and um, so it's not going on anymore. No, they just did a retrospective right now at the one gallery on Robertson, and it's a retrospective of the nightlife in Los Angeles. And there's a whole section on mustache because it it was a big uh, opening to the gay community in downtown L.A. Yes. Right. Because there was no gay clubs in downtown. Right. You know, mustache was the first. Right. So um, so I stuck with them, and it was on a Monday, which was a little hard, but. I was there every Monday living my life, and now it's become a big statement, and I'm so proud to be a part of that. I mean, and it's huge, too. Kiki really became this huge... Persona. persona. Yeah, yeah, persona. You've got how many Instagram followers? Like 14,000? 12. 12,000. Yeah. Yeah, just from being out on the scene, you know. Yeah. And a lot of people come uh, to town on vacation and stuff and they see me from Japan and then I get these other fans and, you know, they're and I even get people that come from, you know, other countries and want pictures with me. They're like, oh, my God, I can't believe you're in front of me. I I need a picture. And you're like, wow, I really impacted you. You know, like they live for my Instagram stories. And why do you think it connects so much with people that the happiness I think it's just joy that I bring to people. And I think that's what I feel that I bring to people. It's not so much of entertainment value. It's more of a happiness, you know, making them feel great and happy and, 
you know, they just, I ooze that to them and they just take it all in. And that's really what I, I consider myself is more, not so much an entertainer, but somebody that just brings happiness, you know? No, 100%. I think that is really what resonates so much, I think, with people is, you know, some people's art, it really comes from being cynical or yeah. from a dark place. Or you just always have this joy. And again, it doesn't matter where, you know, it could be on a set. It could be on vacation. You and, put on a and, song. You're going to do a little impromptu show. Like, there's just always such joy. But I love there's this picture on your Instagrams, um, which is extravagant, extravagram, right? Uh-huh. Anybody follow Kiki for all the joys. But there's this picture, I think it's from Gay Pride some years ago, but there's oh. this whole lot, you know, line of people who have these horrible signs like God hates fat, you know, that type of stuff. And you are there as Kiki with just this little heart, making this little heart with your hands. Just yeah, like, that, you know that was a, a, a day I will never, ever forget. That was the day that I woke up to the news that the Pulse nightclub in Florida had been shot, you know, 50 people killed. And I woke up to that news and I was just crying. And I was like, I don't know if I could do this now. How am I going to go out and be happy on a parade? And I said, nope, I got to do this for them. So I put on my mask. And honestly, literally the whole walk down that parade, I was crying under my mask. Wow. So when I saw those people throwing hate is when I said, hate will never win. Look, I'm getting goose pimples. And I stood there, and I stood there for, I stopped the parade. I said, hold on, got to show some love. And I just stood there, just praising and loving and then, you know, crying and continued on my, my, my thing. But it was one of the most out-of-body experiences I've ever felt like. Um, what I like about Kiki, too, is that I could be having a bad day. I could have had a, a, an argument with a friend or a family member, and I'm not in the mood. But once I put that mask on, it's sort of like I become Kiki, and Kiki will always, till the day I die, be the happiest bitch on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> so no, I love that so much. So that that that's all I I live for is the happiness. And and what I love is that when I take it off, like. Uh, when my my gay father passed away, grandfather Hector Extravaganza, um, I was working that day when I found out. And so I had my mask on and I said, put everything aside. Hector, we'll be right back. Kiki, come on, let's do this. So um, when I got off work that night and I went to the dressing room, I took my mask off. I had never cried so much. I bawled and it was just like, Back to Hector, but at the same time, I needed to release that because it was such a shock to me that, you know, he was gone so fast right. and, and so young. So that was a major moment that I I thank Kiki for because, you know, she's helped me out through a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I just love this, you know, little boy from Colombia coming to America, no pun intended, and just kind of finding his way through life. Your story has so much, not only creativity, but courage. Like you are never afraid to show, you know, your art to somebody. Like Kim said, with a seashell and a piece of tape, like you can make it happen. And no, just seeing that 
video of you like downtown in like you know that's what i was just gonna say <laughs> yeah. in santi alley you did yes. this art installation in santi alley in the middle of downtown <laughs> los angeles you're vacuuming not the it, gentrified part no, right and you are vacuuming the street i was cleaning the streets of downtown la with a effing <laughs> vacuum I mean, and holding up traffic in and full getting, yeah, and, and Kiki in full regalia, Kiki regalia yes. <laughs> getting into people's cars, jumping in, in and out of cars. It was for a museum. They wanted to uh, do an art piece, uh, walking through Santi Alley, and I said, "And what is it that we're doing?" He's like, "We're bringing joy and a total different view on art in a daytime effect, in 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 you know, with everybody." normal people in the streets yes so i was like okay i'm gonna bring a vacuum and i'm gonna clean the streets but see this is what i'm this is exactly what i'm talking about you guys how the (laughs) hell does i'll bring a vacuum come into your consciousness (laughs) yes who would else would think of that yeah who else would think of that like yes there are a, a lot of amazing creatives out there in the world but for but for me and you know for kim and our little group down here i mean it's hector like it's hector who would think of bringing a goddamn fucking vacuum (laughs) and you see the looks on people's faces and it's wonderful i mean people are just like yeah and they're happy and and making them laugh and that's that's kicking yeah so just making people happy and that was my question it's not like you're hiding behind the mask, but it's just like there is this form of protection, you know, how you can see out, nobody can see in. Yeah. What's the view behind that mask, especially on that day? Like, how were people receiving you and what is your view behind that mask? Well, I don't have a peripheral vision. I just look straight ahead um, <laughs> and wish and pray for, you know, that I don't fall off my heels or in a hole. But, um, I just put it on, and like I said, I, I don't know what Kiki's going to do. She just she just does it, and you're just like, oh. I mean, I never plan, or it just happens, uh, spontaneous, like, bam, and that's what it is. I didn't know I was going to jump in the back of a truck, but I was. what I thought was like, you know what? I'm going to pretend I'm uh, looking for my Uber. So I was like opening doors of people's cars going, are you my Uber? <laughs> are you my Uber? And they're like, no, no, oh my God, no. And then the truck, I was like, um, I'm going to jump in the back of this truck. And then there, if you see another video, I'm chasing a post post uh, office truck and grabbing onto the back of yes. it. I mean, nobody knows that I'm doing that but me, but like, you know, if they saw that, they'd probably, you know, call the police and say, this person's like attacking me or whatnot. But anyways, what I also wanted to say is that even now, in my days, I still have a day job, which is wardrobe styling. Right. And um, I've been doing that since the 80s. And one of my favorite moments was uh, working on Aaliyah's video. God help me for the name of it. But the one where she has the owl on her hand, that hawk. Oh, yeah. Um, and the motorcycles. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. yes, yes. So I was uh, on set with there, and then she saw this jewelry that I was wearing, and she's like, oh, my God, I want to wear that jewelry. And she wore that jewelry for that for that video. And boys to men, I mean, there's so many people that I've worked with in the industry that have, like, you know, um, uh, Jennifer Hudson asked me to be in her music video as Kiki. 
um, there's a, a lot of, you know, it, it's a double, I don't know how to explain it. Like, I go there to do my job, but then they find out about Kiki and they want to be in it. I was doing a, a Netflix uh, series called The Ropes for Vin Diesel. He hired Did me to be... Styling? to do the wardrobe okay. for the video. And he wanted somebody that knew the New York nightlife because he w the story was about him as a security guard at the Limelight and all these other clubs that he worked at. So he wanted to bring that to life. And I was like, okay, well, I've been at the Sound Factory. I've been at Limelight. He's like, you're hired. Once we got that, um, I asked, and this was like later on in the three months that we were shooting, he asked if, um, no, no, no. I asked him if I could leave early because I had a really big gig, which... I was like, okay, I, I got to do this, you know? Um, and I asked if I could take it off. He's like, why? And I was like, well, I'm a performance artist and I'm doing this thing. He's like, what? So I showed him on my phone, you know, Kiki. And he was like, oh my God, <laughs> I love this. So the next day when I came to work, he's like, we wrote you into the script. Oh my God. Oh my so goodness. So there I was being Kiki. And I didn't wear a mask then because I had a speaking part. And Detox was in there with me. And you were there. Mm -hmm. Lewis was in it. And that was... Uh, another pivotal moment that I went from a stylist into an acting role, which was fucking amazing. I love that. But yeah. that's what's so great about your career. It's so, it's really unplanned. You're kind of taking these creative opportunities as they come. And really it's all based on your joy of just creating. Mm -hmm. and I think and people want to be around that. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's a true testament to you attract you know, what you really want to be and do out of life. And I think you're one of a a good you know example of that how you show up and you give this joy this and this creativity and you know they want more and you give more yep love and always wins people. yeah yeah love do you ever is. feel like you give too much um no i i i sometimes um am work so hard because i i do it literally every night that sometimes you just want to stay home and watch Netflix, but you're like, Nope, <laughs> gotta go. Gotta go do the gig. And it's not about the money because I was doing wardrobe styling and getting paid coins. Right. But what I didn't like was that they wouldn't give me the creative uh, output. output. I had to listen to these uh, corporate honchos that were like, no, no, no. And I'm like, then why did you hire me? Right. You know? So I had a lot of that. And that's why I said, you know what? I'm going to, leave that and then that's when I became uh, I started designing clothes and I did that for 10 years but since I designed for I mean since I dressed everybody from Britney Spears Christina Aguilera I mean on and on and on then I was like okay I did this and I went and moved on to the next step which was Kiki but then after that I started getting gigs from the RuPaul girls can you dress me for this can you dress me for that and now I'm exclusively just doing music videos for all the RuPaul girls, uh, Alaska, uh, Trixie Mattel, uh, Manila's, uh, Raja. I mean, I just, I'm constantly working with that. So that's my day job. And then my night job, using the clothes from the videos and throwing them on Kiki and going out there and looking fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> Which I love, because it all full, came full circle. Yes. You know, you're at this time where which is amazing too, that these RuPaul girls are able to then parlay this into like singing careers and having something beyond mm -hmm. Drag Race, you know, which is And awesome. I work with uh, Brad Hammer Productions and they oh, they uh, do a lot of that, but they also do TV commercials and other things. Right. But I, I work with him 
exclusively for these RuPaul girls, which I love because they give me 100% creative whatever, you know? And yes. that's that's why I'm back at it again. Because, you get the juice. And I'm only going to do jobs that I am okay and happy with, you know? I'm not yes. going to do it for the money. So let's talk about extravaganza. You became an extravaganza. What year was 1990, right after the Madonna, uh, Blonde Ambition, Vogue, all that. Oh, yeah. Okay. Right after that. I would say 93, 94. Have you seen, because you're still very involved in the ballroom scene. You go to the balls. and Yeah, mostly in New York. In New York, exactly. Um, I, I do the like the Overness Ball here in L.A. They do it once a year. Right. And a couple of mini balls um, that I, uh, a good friend of mine, Isla Jones from Purple Crush, they um, throw balls. And so, you know, when I do have a night off and it happens to be a night of a ball, then I'll, I'll definitely try to make it. Right. And you went to the latex ball, the love ball, which are the huge. The biggest ones, yeah. In exactly. And that was a lot of fun, but also a lot of work. I'll because I was styling work? and yeah. creating and building. I was building a chapel for for the house um, with G Extravaganza. We built a chapel for the love ball, which we won grand prize. Thank you very much. Yes. Tell us about that performance. Um, it was it was more of a, it, uh, a ball. It was they named it a ball, but it was more showcasing the houses. So okay. it wasn't like a lot of competition thing, right. but it was more of like what we brought. And that was wardrobe, fashion, the chapel, and the other houses were throwing the same thing, but they were doing a little bit of voguing and outfits and fashion, but it was mostly a fashion oriented thing because it was a CFDA, the uh, Vogue magazine there, that company, they are the ones that threw it with Suzanne Barsh. So okay. it was more of a corporate type of function. So, but the latex ball is true, the biggest ball in the in the world, and that was um, pretty amazing because I got to see a lot of people from Pose, um, and the competition was fierce. We did win five categories, and we won bizarre, runway, uh, female. Oh, I forgot the title of that one, but it was. Um, Wasn't yeah. it female team sex siren? Yes. Um, okay, these categories. I'm trying to, yeah. You know, even from all the way over here, you know, I, I make sure that I know what is going on and yeah, keeping up with my family because I never want to be too far away from them. Even though I'm far away in miles, I, I'm not far away yeah. in, yeah. you know, Thank God my for soul. Instagram and Facebook. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Have you exactly. guys seen, it's because you brought a post too, have you seen in the past few years like the balls sort of the scene changing oh in the mo- in the show yeah is it becoming more yeah. like is there are people more interested in like joining houses is it bigger are there more people yeah it's definitely bringing the, bringing the ball scene in a big into the mainstream yeah you know now you see balls in japan uh in brazil you know balls everywhere now and that to me is like wow they have balls in russia wow yeah yeah it's crazy that is crazy because russia is a very Oh, and in China, too. There's a couple of, uh, yeah, a couple of extravaganzas out there, too. So you can just imagine how underground those balls are. Yes. And we thought we were underground in in Harlem. No, they're way more underground. No, we were a subculture of the the gay culture here. And um, what's wonderful is that it took us 30 years, but now we're now becoming mainstream because of Pose and... 
um, bringing light to us. Yeah. You know, and I, I, I'm so glad that I'm still alive to see that because it was just like, don't these people get it? Like, this is beyond fabulous. Going to a ball. Yeah. I mean, it's literally going to meet the president. Well, not the current president, but going to go <laughs> see the uh, clarify <laughs> Obama. <laughs> yes. <laughs> My president. But yeah, that's um, I, I it's it's just a wonderful thing. And I'm so blessed to be a part of it. What categories, in terms of Kiki, in terms of, you know, Hector, extravaganza, how do you fit into the house? I know how you fit into the house because, you know, you're my house brother, you're my family brother, and all that good stuff. But for our listeners who are listening, how does Kiki, how does Hector fit into you know, the house of extravaganza. Do you have a category that you walk? Have you won categories? Tell us all about that. Um, I've won a fag category. <laughs> there was a category. I was like, oh, I'm a fag. I, I'll do that. And I went over the top. No, but I do runway and I also did old way Vogue. I don't do it now. I'm more of a judge. But before, when I was younger, I would. Uh, that was, those are the categories I would walk. Oh, right. Because we should mention that Hector also Vogues. Yes. Yes. Old way. Yeah. Old yep. Old way, honey. How do you feel about these new forms of voguing? So we've got Ooh, three that's now, a, right? It's old way, new way, and femme. Yeah. Right? Fembo. Yeah. Um, I'm old school. Yeah. So my mom always said, if you ain't got nothing nice to say, don't say it <laughs> all. But the new way is just a little too messy for me. Okay. You know, it's uh, too all over the place. I like, I like the other way of voguing, which is lines and... You know, it's a more structured movement. Yes. Yeah. Now it's more, more about, you know, quote unquote drama. You drama. Know? So yeah. More so like duck walks and stuff like that. Spinning your head and your hair. Yeah. And uh, uh, doing the dips, mm -hmm. you know. Um, I call them shablam, but everybody tells me, no, it's called a dip. <laughs> but yeah. Well, I thought they were death drops, but. Yeah, they, you can't do that no more. They, you know, this world now. They change everything. It's like, okay, you can't do this. You can't do that. You can't say this. You can't, because everything is right. But it is an art. I mean, it is an art form. God bless them for knowing how to do all that. Because I yeah. would break something if I tried to, <laughs> you know, dip the way they're doing I, right now. Yeah, I would definitely have stitches in my head. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, uh, like my broken back. Broken back with, no, like, No, just pins. hurts. Yeah. yeah, looking at it. Yeah, but it seems like old way is sort of having a resurgence again. Am I wrong in saying that? Like I that hope people so. are getting like into. I hope so. Yeah. Well, I think especially with Pose now, because with Pose, they are highlighting the old way yeah. because, of course, this is a period piece and they're back in the '80s, so that was, you know, the vogue du jour at the time. Yeah. The only thing about Pose I find really weird is. Um, Growing up and doing all the balls, yeah. it, it was never in the same location. And this, the Pose people have it uh, filmed all in the same location. I just wish they would have a different background at every ball, you know? Yeah, but for that time, back then, it was Elks mostly <laughs> at the Elks Lodge in, you know, in Harlem. Yeah. So I do see why they're doing it. They do it at one location. Yeah. And that location looks almost exactly like the Elks Lodge. Yeah, it is. From, you know, us growing up. So that's mm -hmm. that's. Crazy. But other than that, I think because of uh, my dad, uh, grandfather Hector, 
and Jose, the father of the house, being on the show, they're able to convey what the real ball scene was. Yes. So as, yeah, as that's what's wonderful show, about yeah. it. That it's not just a washed up version of the ball scene. Exactly. So you're doing this for a while now, Hector. Yeah, you've been styling for a while. You you know, it's been kiki for a while. And you have built yourself quite a following. And I know every time I go into West Hollywood, it's like, you know, Kiki this, Kiki that. It should be like, you know, West Hollywood Kiki land. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was funny uh, for that gay pride we were talking about where yeah. um, I was doing that parade. The city of West Hollywood uh named me as the best dressed in the parade oh and i was like oh that you know for west hollywood to recognize me was yeah. like oh my god yeah. finally yeah yeah so i like to be i and i'm very proud to live in west hollywood even though a lot of people love talking negative things about west hollywood they're still there they still come but i definitely love the city of west hollywood who's it's, talking negative things about, about oh hollywood? you know those West Hollywood gay guy, you oh, know, it's like all that. All that, no, it's yeah, but it's fantastic. Like, but you're the no... you're the anti that, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I hear what they say and I hear what they're saying. Like, West Hollywood is so fake and that. No, well, it could be certain, like a generic yeah, type of generic yes. type of you know gay man, right? But no, and you're so the antithesis exactly. of all that. Yes, exactly. You yeah, representing over you there. I've been there twenty five years, honey. Flavor. Yeah, yeah, and I love it. I love living there. I feel safe. Yeah, and I, and I could be as gay as I want. And you got a nice little, a nice little spot. Yes, nice little nest. Now, again, you do Kiki, you do all that styling, and I know I used to live with you, and when I lived with you, there was a lot of clothes in the house. But now there must be even more. Yeah, the people that do that hoarding show, they they asked me um, if they wanted to film me. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I swear, I feel like I, I live in clothes. My house, you walk in, there's rolling racks. In the living room, I mean, literally every closet in my house is all full of bags of clothes. Well, it makes sense. Are you a stylist and kiki, a performance yeah. artist? I mean, what are you going to do? And then I can't throw anything out because, okay, we're doing a 1980s theme uh, video and we want all 80s clothes. I'm like, oh, I have that. Oh. Hold on. Hold on. Let me go into my 80s closet. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's so funny. Yeah. I, I, I just can't throw it away because there's always something that's going to come up that we need that. No, you I'm know? mad. So much of the stuff I threw away, like neon's back now. It's like, damn it. Oh, yes. Who Neon. thought that was going to come back? I could have had stuff for my daughter. You know, who knew? I never <laughs> thought I would have a kid. It's like, oh, dang. Yes, your hand-me-downs. Yes. To your daughter. <laughs> Do you find that you need some respite from Kiki from time to time? Because, you you know, you're doing her so much. Yeah. Do you find sometimes it's just like, okay, I don't, I don't want to do Kiki today yeah those are the hard days and that you just um let's say i've worked five days in a row and i have a special event the next day and you're like how am i going to pull this out of a bag like how am i going to get the energy but i feel that since i love being that so much that that helps a lot in the pain in my legs and my toes and my back and you know all that i just just know that when i get into kiki it's just going to be a happy time and a good time you know and that's what keeps me doing that you know if it wasn't 
if I wasn't getting anything out of it, I'd be like, oh, I'm sorry, I can't make it today. Yeah, I'm just, I don't have it in me. But I always seem to find a way. And and the other thing is that I go from a 6 a.m. shoot doing a music video, and it wraps at 8 p.m. I got enough time to drop off all that shit and pick up my kiki bag and then go to the gig from 10 to 2 in the morning. I can't even. And those are the days that are the hardest. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, you know, I always look forward to that one day off where I'm like, <laughs> goodbye phone, goodbye light, <laughs> goodbye everybody. I am now in my cave, and I'm there for 12 hours. Like, I just rest. So the children that want to see Kiki live in person, mm-hmm. get the Kiki experience. So you where are can at- they find? Yeah, where can they find you? Okay, let me tell you my schedule. Like if they're going out to yeah. a club, where are what are the clubs you're at? Okay, Mondays I'm at uh, Foo Bar, and that's called uh, Makeout Mondays with Ray Trey, my daughter. Um, then Tuesdays I am off. Wednesdays I'm at Mickey's in West Hollywood from 10 to 2. Uh, Thursdays I'm off. Friday I'm at uh, Blow, Blow Fridays, and that's across the street from Abbey. Up in the penthouse, you know, it's upstairs in the, like where Studio One used to be. Um, Saturdays, I'm at Velvet Lounge in Orange County in Santa Ana. Uh, I love that place. And then Sundays, I'm back at um, Ice Cream Sundays at Mickey's. Wow. Oh my goodness gracious. <laughs> no, you wouldn't play it. We're like five days. Like it's a serious. Yeah, and don't forget, I'm, I'm working during the day. Yeah. Oh, shopping, returning, all that. Yeah. But I love it. Yeah. I, I mean, I look at thing. I look at Kim and, you know, I remember when we were like going out every other night and living this like, woohoo, oh, yes, yeah. and dancing and all night long. And I, I don't, I don't, I can't see how. <laughs> now I'm trying to stay awake yeah. to like Black Mirror. Thank like, you. oh, wait, oh, oh, no, I can do it. I can do it. <laughs> right? I can make it. I'm like, how do you do that? <laughs> And the other thing is on my days off, when somebody invites me to the club, I'm like, <laughs> you're so funny. Yeah, like, no. no. <laughs> exactly right. Not happening. Well, I'm glad that you just let us know your little schedule because, you know, uh, me and Kim are probably going to come and catch you out yes. there one day. Monday go is one of the tail funnest. feather one night. Mondays is a really good one. Uh, Make because out Mondays. You, yeah, because it's a, a venue uh, where all the new girls, not the RuPaul girls, but like the new drag queen girls, have a place to showcase their art. And you, you should see the creativity of these girls. And the show is just mind-blowing. It's amazing. And, um, you know, that would be a great place for you guys to come. Okay, a, yeah. Yeah. I'm down. And the crowd is great. All the RuPaul girls come after their gigs at Mickey's on a Monday. They have a drag show there that's really, you know, worldwide. So they all come after and, you know, it's a cute, cute, fun party. Oh, cute. I love that you mentioned that the new girls come to FUBAR. Mm-hmm. When you see these new girls coming up through the ranks, do they ever look to you for guidance, yes. advice? And, the and reads, what do you tell these girls? I read them. You read them, okay. Yeah, because, <laughs> no, I mean, if they're fabulous, I'm going to tell them, you are fabulous. Um, sometimes I'll tell them, hey, you're cute and everything, but the holes in the stockings, no. 
fresh pear baby or the hip pads you know they're too big or too small i i always have to because they don't know better so you have to educate them and then you know that i got the name mother you know now everybody in you know at all the clubs they always call me mother because i'm always reading and i'm not reading because i want to be shady i'm reading because i want to make you a better person you know so i always say hey easy on the makeup you're looking like a cuckoo bird on halloween (laughs) right but no i need to see natural beauty wonderfulness and you know there are those that are creative and they want to be you know with blood and and gore and all that i get that but you know the ones that need help i always help you know like the other day i was in the dressing room because in between the show i get a break and so i was in the back and one of the girls is like holy shit i'm doing uh this move and and i have to do a cartwheel and my underwear just ripped and every honey i took my underwear off my my uh, my lycra panties that i you know hold my belly in i was like here girl let, let me take it off i take it off and i <clears throat> handed it to her i'm like go 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 you know because i'm always there for them yes and that's truly a mother go so, take off your latex so she she didn't give them back, right? Are you them <laughs> back? I mean, that's where I go. Sorry, I know I'm not young like that anymore. Like, yay, let's exchange. You know, no, she, mes- she messaged so. me on Instagram. Is like, I'm gonna next time I see you, I'll bring. I'm like, no. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Yeah, yeah, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy birthday. Those cool. are yours now. I got plenty at home in that fucking hoarded house. <laughs> what would you say to somebody that's first starting? Out and they have not performed yet, and mm. you know what? Do you, what would you say to anybody that's coming up? First of all, buy the heels and don't buy them the day before. Buy the heels, clean your house, wash your dishes in them, uh, do what you got to do in the house, but learn to walk in the damn shoes before you hit the street, because that baby calf walk. No, 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 honey. It ain't happening. That baby calf walk. <laughs> Where they're like, and you know, and everybody wants me to dress them for Halloween. And I'm like, no, bitch, you got to go buy a pair of shoes and walk in them for a week before you even step out. And they're like, no, I could do it. It's going to be so. No, it's hard. It's no. hard to be a, a performance yes. artist, drag queen. You know, it, the heels alone is a whole art form. They're girls. like Yeah. And then also get a good wig. And get a good makeup. Uh, just practice on your face over and over and over until you get it right. You know, you don't want to look like, you know, a boy in drag. You want to look as as real as possible. And also the clothes. Do something that you can move in and that you're not uncomfortable. I've seen some that are in these corsets and they're like dancing, but they're like sticks. And they're like, uh. yeah, you got to be more artistic and creative as far as the performance, you know. So that's what I would say to them. Awesome. Okay, and lastly, before we wrap up, <laughs> oh dear, talking about Halloween. Oh my goodness, I remember this one Halloween, and Hector <laughs> dressed up as Malibu Barbie, <laughs> but like Malibu Latin Barbie. Oh my God, my mom was there, and she actually helped me get dressed for that. Oh, how amazing is yeah, that? She's amazing. She was amazing. She is amazing still, but. Oh, my God. He wore these freeze curl ponytails on each side of his head (laughs) with this all pink outfit and these white Barbie double platform shoes, double platform (laughs) pumps. And he carried this yellow 
Sony like boombox, right? That was that same year. Oh god, the boombox. Oh, well, man. you know how that broke. Oh my god, and he's walking. I down was the walking street, down, and somebody the, the car one of the cars was like hey baby or whatever and he turned his attention and focus to the person in the car Uh-oh. mind you he's walking in these heels with this radio like <laughs> you know i'm you know right. barbie girl barbie world and when he turns back around no. he slams no. full <laughs> on sure into did. A pole. Oh and my it was a phone. It was a phone. Back then, they had phones out in the street. Oh, yes. It was a phone box. Oh. Right into it, the fo- that the radio smashed into pieces. <laughs> my wig fell off. I mean, it was a hard hit. Like oh, I went full on bruised ha- up. It knocked him back. He fell off the heels. He fell on the floor. It was one of those. It was one of those falls that all of us we were like, oh. oh. And it everybody was, broke out and laughed. Well, that's the thing. We're kicking you like, was that part of like yeah, was that no. a thing? Or? No. no. <laughs> Full on accident happened right uh, there. And this was at the beginning of our walk to I mean, the festival. Lit, yeah. We just left the house. No, no. Oh, it was everything was such yeah, I remember Mika crying, was laughing, oh. crying so much. <laughs> It was, everybody was crying on the floor. I was like, boo, it really hurts. Yeah, I'm like, I have a concussion. Oh, and my, and my Foster's, I had, I was drinking a Foster's beer. That was gone. It exploded. It was just crazy day. It just carries, it picks up a piece of the boom box, just carries that. You know, he yeah. kept going, right? Like, of course. It was, there was no stopping. Like, the Foster's <laughs> was gone, the boombox, everything. He just picked himself up, reassembled, and yeah. kept it moving. Mar- we- my little Barbie's gonna keep oh, it. Oh, yeah. So many times moving. Kiki is such in character that I'll fall off a stage, <laughs> knock my wind, <laughs> knock my breath out, and get back on that stage, and I'm underneath the mask by and you going, yeah. <gasps> <gasps> Come on, catch your breath. And you're like this, going, right. "Oh yeah, I'm pretending." Yeah, it's yeah. Oh my it's a lot. god, I can't. The I thought I was paralyzed on, once too. I fell off the stage right on my ass, and my whole body went numb. And I was like, "Is this what it feels like to be, you know, paraplegic?" Yeah. Like I, I literally had to lay there for wow. I don't know how long. It knocked the wind out of me. But that happens to me so much because I don't get to see very much when I have the mask on because no. you don't have a peripheral vision yes. or you can't look down and see like where the stage ends. So I get when I when I get to a new gig, let's say I'm booked at some new gig, I always like study the floor because that's the most important part, especially in heels. Yeah, it's like oh hazard. God. It's like a literal hazard wearing I can't, the mask. It's, I can't. That's so funny. Oh. That is so, so, so funny. Okay, so work of the week. Yes. So before I'm- we go, my love, we do a work of the week where we shout out something that inspired us throughout the week and we just want to give a work that was over or work that's horrible. So it's called work of the week and I always start with Kim because you know she's our heart and ladies first all the time for you me. saw me because you don't got your work of the week together I don't have my work of the week together <laughs> or maybe I do and I'm just not saying <laughs> I just started watching Pose because it's on Netflix now okay yes first season but when they go to get that silicone miss from Miss Orlando oh my goodness <laughs> oh my I live 
Have you, Whoever have, played that part, do you know the person that played that part? Well, the person looks very, very familiar. But then again, there are a lot of Latin queens that oh, look like that out in. Oh my God. Not a lot, but, you know, older ladies that look similar to that. So, so fierce. Yeah. So, do you want to be pretty? Like, she's. Oh my God, it's everything. You. Yeah. Amazing. My work of the week. The House of Extravaganza, they've been really seen by the city of New York and all these organizations who are really giving them props and really honoring them with proclamations and all that good stuff. So my work of the week goes out to the House of Extravaganza because, you know, you better work because you're fantastic and I love you guys. I know what your work of the week is going to be. What's that? I think it's going to be Grandfather Hector Extravaganza. Is it? No. Oh, it's not? No. My work of the week is Ariel Extravaganza. (gasps) She's a new girl in uh, the House of Extravaganza. And just this week, um, I was uh, dressing them for the love ball. And we were in the dress room. It was like half an hour before we go up. And Ariel just came up to me. She's in her young young 20s. First ball. First anything and she just broke down and she was overwhelmed with just I don't know she just started crying and she can't do this I can't do that I'm like girl let's go take a walk so I go and I took a walk with her and spoke with her to ask you know what is it that was bothering her and I pretty much brought her back because she was losing it she was overwhelmed there was like a hundred people in the dressing room and she was just couldn't take it. The nerves. So, yeah. So I called Mother Giselle from the house. And uh, me and her sat down with her and talked with her and gave her just positiveness. And she went out there and killed it. And it made me so happy because that moment would have been gone if she would have just walked out. And that's what I say to people. When the pressure comes on, you got to give it to them even harder. And that's what she did. And that's what I want people to know. That you got to just give it more and more and more. And it's going to pay off more than you could ever imagine. I love that. And thank you so much, Hector, for coming. No, thank you. And sitting with us. It's my first interview ever, and um, it was fun. Yeah. I was was really nervous, you know, put extra deodorant on. (laughs) I was just like, oh, my God, this is going to be major. But you guys were nice to me and easy, and it was really good. You're wonderful. I loved it. Thank you so much. Well, we love you. We love you. And this is Lewis Extravaganza. Kim Blackwell. And this is Work, the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and you can follow us on Instagram at Work Podcast. That's W-E-R-Q-U-E-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. You can also follow me at WorkDanceClass.com. This is Louis Extravaganza. And Kim Blackwell. And this was Work, Work, the podcast. Bye. We'll see you later, guys. Thank you.